wasn't it? It's a thing about lifting up our presence and being in the presence of the Lord. You look so good today. Welcome to Stratford Heights. And we are, we're on the countdown just four weeks from today. Spring will be here. So we're getting ready. And you, you probably, if you got your, yeah, go ahead and clap for spring. <laughs> and you know, God's the one made the seasons and he lets it come spring and summer and so forth. And uh, you know, if you got the bulletin today and looked in it, you saw the beautiful uh, page that's announcing our uh, community egg hunt that we plan is a, a great outreach here at the church. We reach out to all the children in our community. And so you get that and read, and it tells all the instructions. Everybody can work in it. It's going to be on a Saturday here at the church. So you get that and, and read through it and look forward to that egg hunt. How many of you have children or grandchildren and you'd like to see them come and have a good time at the church here on uh, Easter time? Let me see your hand. You got grandchildren? Children? I talked to a young man over here and he looks so young. And I said, do you have children? I want to talk to him about the egg hunt. He said, I have five. I said, oh, wow, you're busy. He said, oh, they're all grown. He didn't even look old enough to be married. But he's, there's something... There's something about coming to church, bringing your family with you and being here that just strengthens us for a whole week. So we're glad that you chose to come. You made a choice, and you're here because you made a choice. You didn't just get here. You got up and you went through a hundred things to get here, didn't you? You have children. I, I think sometimes when I'm coming, getting ready for church, 
I remember when our boys were, were young and they were home and we'd all have everything going, the bathrooms and the, all that. And then we'd come to church and they'd get in a fuss in the back seat and just all kinds of things. And we'd all get to church and get saved. We'd get prayed through. And then when church was over, we would leave to go eat. And we'd get in a fight in the car talking about where we we're going to eat. So we set some rules for that. So we've made rules all through life. And now here it is. It's Easter time. And you want to involve your children and grandchildren. We hope you'll do that. But thank you for being here today of service tonight. And then tomorrow evening is our Sunshine Circle meeting. You ladies are invited to that here at the church in room 303. And there's details in the bulletin about that. But thank you for being here today. Now we're going to get out and shake hands and greet one another and find somebody that you don't know. Look at them and say, my name is, identify yourself, and get their name. Okay, good. God bless you.
Amen. Anybody thankful for Jesus Christ this morning? Anybody thankful for his grace that saved us, that set us free, that, that turned our life around? I'm so thankful today that he reached way down and pulled me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. And that rock is higher than me this morning. His name is Jesus Christ. Can we give him praise one more time? Clap our hands. Give him a shout of praise. So thankful for his grace and mercy this morning. I want you to help me pray this morning as we do. Our church is devoted and dedicated to supporting the nation of Israel, the purpose that God has had for the nation of Israel, the people of Israel. And uh, we want to pray over them today and pray that God would keep a, a blessing upon them, protection upon them. And we know he will, but we're, we're supporting that. We're standing with God and asking for God's great grace and strength to be upon them. Father, we love you and we praise you for your mercy this morning. God, we're here today by grace. We're here today because you saved us. We're here today because you brought us. We're so thankful today, God, and we worship you for that. And we pray today over the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, even those that are scattered abroad today. God, we pray that you would touch those, God. And we know even in this last day, you're bringing many of those uh, people of Israel back to that native land, that country, that state of Israel today. And we're thankful for that. But we pray over these people and we pray over this state, God, that you would protect them, that you'd keep your hand upon them, that your Holy Spirit would would even be, God, the, the wall that surrounds them, that you would protect, God. I pray that you'd give wisdom to their leaders, that you'd give guidance, God. We pray this, I pray it with boldness, God, that you'd raise up men and women of God that would stand in boldness for truth, that would stand in boldness for, for what you've declared in the word of God. Lord, we bless them this morning. We bless them, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. Amen. Thank you, Cameron. Pastor Cam, it's good to see you in God's house this morning. If you're here and you're, you've come to uh, dedicate little children, if you're family, friends, and you've come by invitation to be here today, would you uh, honor us by making your way to the front now? All the babies that are going to be dedicated, just find yourself a spot across the front of the altar here. This morning, we have the privilege of dedicating little children to the Lord. These parents understand the sacredness of their responsibility before God, and they want to dedicate their children to God. As they bring these beautiful gifts, these wonderful children to the front, I want to read a verse of scripture from Mark chapter 10, which talks kind of about the importance of children in the kingdom. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. And they brought young children to him, Jesus, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, he put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. Children are a gift from God. As believers, we recognize that they first and foremost belong to God. Can I get an amen there? They belong to the Lord. As children, 
are gifts to their families and to their parents. God in his great loves awards children as gifts to their parents. It's only right that on an occasion like today, we would dedicate those children full circle back to God. Listen to this little poem. God has blessed the union of a husband and a wife with a beautiful little baby bringing joy into their lives. For children are blessings sent from God above, a precious gift, heaven sent, an expression of God's love. On the foundation of this love, may this child truly grow, discovering the truths of God and to one day come to know that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. That he has an awesome plan, a destiny only they can fulfill as they take him by the hand and walk with him every day with God's vision for their lives, and godly passion to fulfill the commission of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. The Bible also says to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we charge you as a church, parents, as you dedicate these children to the Lord, that you are dedicated to the process that you, first and foremost, have given your heart and life to the Lord. And then, church, it's our responsibility. Many of you will be teachers, mentors, workers, volunteers. And through the years, you will have plenty of influence and opportunity to teach, to pray, and to help develop the disciple that is before us. So we charge the church to also be very kind and aware you know, a church that has kids running around it, that's not an interruption to our work here. Children are a blessing to a church, to a family. And you know, when they're running around and, and they got to be, you know, hey, hey, don't jump on the pulpit. <laughs> when they've got to be taught and they've got to be told and, and you watch them and see them, that cutest little girl, I won't embarrass her, but cutest little girl come up to me at the visitation and wanted to hug me, and, and I mean that little girl will not leave this house until she has hugged me every single Sunday, and they're a gift, they're beautiful, and so today there's nothing more beautiful than us taking the time in our service to dedicate these babies back to the Lord. How many of you know we need him, we need his protection, we need his blessing, we need his power at work in their lives. So today we are honored to baptize, or to baptize, <laughs> to dedicate all of these beautiful children. Excuse me. Sorry. There's Mason, Mason Blake Martin, and Dawson Chase Martin. Look at that hat. <laughs> Richard, you, here, let me give this to who will hold this for me? Thank you. Let me hold this guy. Hi. Look at this. Hey, buddy. Oh, you want a photo? There we go. You got to see on this other side here. Look at this. Isn't that great? I think you're cool. Let me see those names again. I want to make sure I get them right. Mason and Dawson. This one's Dawson. All right, let's pray for Dawson. 
Father, as we come before you this morning, we dedicate little Dawson to you. We ask you to touch him, Lord. Minister to him. We pray protection and covering over his life and pray blessings from our Father. I pray that you will keep him, that God, you will protect him from all harm, that you'll lead him in his life with blessings indeed. I pray, God, that he will learn at a young age to know you as his Lord and Savior. And I pray, God, that he will be raised up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I pray that you'll keep him, direct him, the plans that you have for him, that, Lord, he'll walk that plan out perfectly. I pray for this in the name of Jesus Christ as we dedicate and commit him today in this altar. And we thank you for it. As I give him back to his parents, I pray over them. I pray your blessings over their lives. God, touch them as they take charge in the life of this young man to raise him up to be a godly man. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mason? Hey, buddy. You want to stay with Daddy? <laughs> this, okay, this is the guy that, if you remember, we prayed over him. He weighed one pound, 18 ounce, 13 ounces when he was born. He is a miracle. <laughs> Amen. Give me five. No, okay. We're going to pray for you. You're feisty, all right. Here, here's your shark. Why was he playing with a shark? <laughs> Good lunch. Okay, let's pray. Father, we pray over Mason. We lift him up to you and praise you and thank you for the miracle that he is. I pray that you will bless him, touch him. May he know you, Lord, at a wonderful young age. I pray that he will discover the plan and the destiny that you have for him. I pray, God, they walk that out with no obstacles or hindrances. I pray you'll protect him from all harm and keep him in his life. We pray blessing over him. We thank you for the plan you have for him. And we praise you and thank you, Lord, for the godly young man that he'll become as he grows older. I thank you for the parents that are with him, these family members that are here today. I pray your blessings and strength over each of them. Help them and their influence, God, to work directly with these young men to raise them up in your love and admonition. I thank you today, Lord, as we dedicate them both in this family. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right. Liam Michael Sebastian Milligan. Right. That's awesome. Hey, buddy. Hey, looky here. Isn't he cute? Little jeans looking nice. There we go. Let's pray. Father, we pray over little Liam. We lift him up to you today and dedicate him in this altar. Lord, you laid hands on him and you blessed him. We're praying that blessing now. We pray that you will keep him all of his days, that, Lord, you'll keep him from all harm. Let no evil come down his path that, Lord, you have not protected him from and kept him through. I thank you for your hand upon his life. Bless him abundantly with the destiny that you have for him. May he feel peace and know your presence most of all. And God, I pray that you'll keep him all of his days. As he is dedicated to you this morning, we pray for the blessing, the strength, and the grace of Almighty God over his life. As I give him back to his family, I thank you, Father, for their influence over his life. I pray your blessings and your strength over them. Keep them in all of their days, God, and focus for the work that is in front of them to raise this young man up in the fear and admonition of God Almighty. We thank you for this responsibility that they take so seriously. And, Lord, we look forward to the young man, the godly man he'll be. In Christ's wonderful name, we dedicate him today. Amen. Little Cooper. Where is he? There. Wow. Goodness gracious.
Cooper Brian Bowman. Look at you. There's that new outfit. He looks nice. Look at this guy. Oh. Holding him right. <laughs> what do you think of this guy? Look at that. Little Cooper. Awesome. Let's pray for him. Father, we pray over little Cooper today in this altar. We dedicate him to you. We ask your blessings to be on his life. God, as we commit and charge this family before you in this altar, we thank you for their commitment to you. I pray that you will bless him, that you'll keep him all of his days, the plan and the destiny you've outlined for, outlined for him. We thank you for this. And God, we, we plan to be a part of influencing and raising this young man up to know you at a very young age. I pray over his life. Lord, keep him from all harm and all evil. I thank you for blessings that will lead him into the promises of your precious word in his life as I give him back to his parents. God, Father, I thank you for their influence. Thank you for their love over him, their protection over him. Touch their lives and empower them, Father, with the right wisdom and the grace that will help them all along the path in his life to raise him up to be that godly young man. We honor you today and we thank you for the gift of little Cooper. We dedicate him in the name of Jesus Christ and each of these family members and friends. Touch them by your Holy Spirit. Be with them as they influence, as they speak into little Cooper's life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask this and we pray. Amen. Amen. Beckham Aiden Moore. Hey, hi. How are you? Good to see you. Goodness gracious, look at this. Oh, look at this outfit. Look at that. Oh. Posing good for photos. There we go. Awesome. Let me hold you right here. Little Beckham, let's pray for him. Father, we pray over little Beckham today. We lift him up to you in this altar and dedicate him to you. We pray, Lord, that you will touch his life, that you will minister, Lord, over every need he has. I praise you and thank you for the plan that you have promised in your word for his life, destiny. I pray that you will bless him, strengthen him, keep him from all harm. Let your work unfold in his life, Lord, and keep him through every day and every step. I pray your blessings upon him. God, I pray your presence that he'll know in you as a savior at a young age. I praise you and I thank you. This is the promises of God's word as we dedicate them fresh and wonderful to you today. As I give him back to his parents, I thank you, Lord, for their life and influence over him. I pray your blessings and your strength. I pray your grace to guide and direct them with wisdom that comes from your Holy Spirit. Be with each of these family members and touch them by your Holy Spirit. I pray your charge over their lives. Help them in the influence that they'll have over little Beckham. And in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we plan to be a part of making this young man into the godly young man you've destined him to be. In Jesus' wonderful name, we dedicate him today. Amen. 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 Hudson Douglas Minor. Here you go. Hey, but look at you. Hi. Hi. What's up? Look at this guy. You want to say hi to everybody? He's like, could you get on with this? <laughs> you see these people? He's like, nah. 
Very cool. Let's pray for him. Lincoln. Lord, we pray over little Hudson. We lift him up to you and thank you for his life. Lord, for the plan that you have for him. I pray over him in this altar this morning and dedicate him before you. I pray that you will bless and touch his life. That, Lord, you will keep him from all harm and any evil. I pray the work of God to unfold perfectly. Let the angels of God be around him and prepare the paths in front of him, Father, that he'll always follow and know you. Know you from a very young age, I pray, for the fear and admonition of the Lord to be placed in him by these parents, who I know will do so. Lord, as I give him back to them, I pray over them and their lives. We pray over his destiny. We pray that, God, you will touch him, use him for your glory. Lay your hand upon him and let your work be accomplished as you've given them wisdom to raise him up in strength and in grace. I thank you for these family members that are here. Lord, may their influence, their prayers, and their nurture, God, lead and guide this young man to be the godly young man, Hudson Minor, that he is meant to be. We thank you for this. We give you honor and praise for all that is done, and we dedicate him today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Uncle Ray is proud. <laughs> awesome. Grayson Emmett Parker Borgstrom. Look how pretty. Look at that. Yeah, look at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Little Emmett, right? Little Emmett? Grayson, Grayson. Let's pray. Father, we pray over little Grayson. We lift him up to you and pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, as we commit and dedicate his life to you, we thank you for your presence, for your power, and for the miracle that he is. Lord, we place him in your hands and ask for your charge, Lord, to be over his life, your destiny, and your plan. We dedicate him to you today. Keep him from all harm. May he know your presence, Lord, from a young age. And I pray for the fear and the awesomeness, the reverence of God to be something that he cherishes in his life as he walks out every day the steps you have planned for him. I pray over him, Lord, and ask as you, as I give him back to his mother, that God, you touch and minister to her, touch this family of influence, these godly folks, Lord, that love him, that will nurture him and be with him. Give them wisdom. Give them anointing. Let them sense and feel your presence as they pour into his life as we dedicate him today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Isn't it wonderful, all these babies? Aren't you thankful for this? Little Tucker, Eli Steele. Dad? Oh, look at the angel wings on the back. I, I would show you the back of his shirt. It's got angel wings on it. And yeah, that's what I thought. Let's pray. Father, we pray for little Tucker. We lift him up to you today and ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bless and touch his life. Lord, we commit ourselves as a church and as a family and these parents that commit, Father, to raising him up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, to know you from a very young age as his Lord and Savior. I pray that you will bless him, strengthen him, and keep him, protect him from all harm and evil. I pray your work to be accomplished and done. Give him opportunities, Lord, for ministry in his life. Touch him by the mighty power and the love of Jesus Christ. So give him back to his parents. I thank you for their charge and commitment. 
Lord, the, the dedication that they have to raise him up in strength and wisdom that comes from your Holy Spirit. Be with them. Touch them. Give them that anointing they need. And Father, this family, every influencer, I pray in the name of Jesus, your peace, your presence, your power to be at work in the life of little Tucker, raising him up to be the godly young man that you've destined him to be. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ as we dedicate him today. Amen. Amen. And God bless you all. Thank you very much. You can be seated with your families. Thank you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. This morning, as we prepare now for our gifts to the Lord, our ushers are coming to prepare themselves to serve you. And as they do, we're going to be praying over the offering. And as we do, we'd like to pray over a couple of different needs. We want to remember the Kessner family in Australia. If you remember, they stayed with us for over a month. And they're just having a very difficult and hard time over the death of Jacqueline's father. So let's pray for this family when we pray. And also, we want to pray over our young people. I want to remind you that they are going to be taking an Alaskan mission trip so proud of them, the accomplishments that they're going to be taking care of this summer. They're actually, they're actually stepping away from their youth camp in order to go minister to the, to the young people, the children and teens of Alaska and the Church of God. And they're going to be giving up their youth camp in order to go and to minister to these kids and give of their time to help them have a great camp. And I think that's wonderful. And I'm so proud of them. They're raising their money to go, and God is helping them all along the way. You know, every Sunday morning, all of the loose offering in this service all goes to world missions. How many of you believe Alaska is a mission? Amen. They didn't ask me to do this. We had no conversation about this. But I have felt prompted of the Lord that today we would receive our morning offering for the Alaskan mission trip for our young people. So I would ask you to dig a little deeper, to do something perhaps that the Lord would lay on your heart to do for our young people, for the young adults that will be going, for our youth pastor that will be going and leading this crew. I want God to use them in a great way, and I'm proud of them. And they're raising all of the money that they possibly can and doing a great job, but I want us to help them as a church. So periodically, as we get closer and closer to that Alaskan launch date, uh, I'm going to be asking you to give to the mission of Alaska. So we're going to do that today. And as we do, I would thank you for your gifts and for your giving. As we pray for the Kessners and we pray over the trip, how many of you would say, Pastor, I have a need in my family, and I want you to remember us in this prayer. Amen. All over the congregation, before our ushers actually receive your gifts today. I want to introduce some folks that are visiting with us. They're MIP students. That's Ministerial Internship uh, Program Ministers. They're studying for the ministry. They're here today visiting our church. They're looking us over and uh, seeing how we do. So uh, the evaluation and checklist, I'll be scared of that at the end of the trip. But I want Tom and Bethany 
Curie to stand if they would. They're visiting with us today, and we thank them for being here as our special guests. Amen. Just a wonderful young couple. I got to know them a little bit. This morning we were able to share some time, and we've communicated a little bit over Facebook, so we're, uh, we're old friends by now. And by after lunch, we'll be great friends. So we're excited that they're here visiting with us today and thank them for coming. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this morning, we come asking you to touch the Kessner family. Lord, we ask you to minister to Jackie and Kayla and Frederick, minister to their families, the siblings, and all of the family members. We pray that you will comfort them and strengthen them at such a very difficult time. We pray especially for little Kayla, who is heartbroken. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would comfort them and strengthen them in the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this, Lord. We pray for every need that's represented in this church, every hand that was lifted up. We pray in the name of the Lord that you would touch them, God, and minister by your mighty power. You are our resource. You are our provision. You are our deliverer, our healer. And so we thank you, Father. We can bring every need and every care to you and give you glory and honor for answers that come through your presence and power in our lives. And Lord, we pray especially for our young people today. I pray that this offering, Lord, will be a special gift to them, that it will help relieve some of the pressure of raising all that money for the trip where they're going to do a good deed and making a sacrifice in that process. Most teenagers in the church would want to spend their summer going to their own camps. But I'm proud, Lord, that ours are giving theirs up, that they might go and minister to other kids from the Alaskan natives and the tribes there that will be coming together. I thank you, Lord, for their commitment and dedication to go and be a light and to be a help and a ministry to those young people. Bless them, help them in the process of raising their funds, and Lord, help us as a church to be a part of that process. We thank you for those who are faithful to pay their tithe, for those who are giving to missions and give to our building program. Lord, we honor you for their gifts and their willingness to be a part of all that we're doing for your kingdom as you have led us and moved us forward in Christ's name. Amen.
Come on and give the Lord praise this morning. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Lord, you deserve all my praise. Would you lift your hands now all over this building? Let's cry out with our voices to Almighty God. He deserves it this morning. Lord, we honor your presence. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We give you all our praise. We give you everything that we are. God, surrender it all to you. Total praise. Total praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lift my hands to you. Good stuff today. Thank you, choir. It's traveling back in time a little bit. That was awesome. Perfect. As a matter of fact, could not have been more orchestrated for where we're preaching this morning. So I love that. Missy, I think Missy deserves, you've done a great job over this last two weeks. Thank you, Missy. She could have just done what they normally do, you know, the kind of the more normal songs that they, but she chose, she went back a little ways and pulled some out. She had to teach, didn't she? But she did wonderful today. How many of you know Jesus is alive? Jesus is alive. So you're standing, turning your Bibles with me. If you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 45. You know, when I first put this sermon and message together, I only read Isaiah 45 and verse 22. And as I began to read it, kept going back further and further in the, in the, the, the scripture text, found myself trailing all the way back up to verse 18. And I sat, and I'm going to be honest with you, I sat, didn't even get any further, didn't write any note, I just sat. Brother Robinson, and cried as I was reading this scripture. Through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord was sending a message to the people. Sending a message to the people. And the Lord spoke so directly to my own heart, and he said, I'm sending this message to my people now. And I sat and I cried. And I thought, God, too many times we look an awful lot like the Israelites when they were in trouble. Sometimes, Lord, we resemble too often the need that they had. Listen to what the Lord says through Isaiah. Verse 18. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain. Do you almost hear the compassion? Almost the frustration in God's voice through the prophet. Who established it, who did not create it in vain, you almost hear him going, hello. Who formed it to be inhabited? I am the Lord. 
There is no other. I've not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you who have escaped from the nations. They have no knowledge who carry the wood of their carved image and pray to a God that cannot save. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? There is no other God besides me. A just God and a Savior. Then he says it again. There is none besides me. So he sends a rebuke to the people. Gives us verse 22. Look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth. For I am God. And there is no other. God sends a message to us this morning. Look to me. Stop looking to the politicians. Stop looking to the government. Stop looking to the families and the people around you. Stop looking to the celebrities and all the talk shows. Stop looking everywhere else and look to me. You don't even know how I feel this morning. You better hang on. Look to me. Father, your blessings on this word. I have prayed for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. I pray that Ray Phillips will die in this moment. That, Lord, I'll not even be seen. But you will speak to the church this morning. That, Lord, we will be challenged, moved into a deep place of intimacy with you. Save somebody. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the most amazing, most tremendous, you can be seated, scriptures I believe in the whole Bible, what I just read right there. Powerful. As a matter of fact, the entire gospel, the whole Bible, front to back, Genesis to Revelation, can all be summarized in verse 22. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. As I heard the voice of the Lord reverberating to me and speaking to my own heart as I was reading this, I saw all the ways that we look a lot like the Israelites of the Old Testament. I watch how even the church itself has gotten cold and indifferent and we've gotten so lax and tolerant. I see all of this around us and I hear God over and over again. I am the Lord. I am God. There is no other. 
And he says it over and over and over again. And then I'm reminded that the Bible says that the Word of God is living and powerful. Sharper than a two-edged sword. To the piercing and to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and the discerner of thoughts and intentions of the heart. Living and powerful. The words of God. The divinely inspired words. See, we don't believe this is just a history book that's just full of information that, that's full of all kinds of error. We believe that this is the infallible, inerrant words of God. Inspired divinely by the Holy Spirit and given to men and women to write. And when we truly understand the power of the words of God, we look again at how he took time to say, look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. This is a message for the entire world. This is a message that God is sending to you, dad, you mom, to you church member, Christian, for the last 25 years, 50 years, two years. It's a message to all of us. A message that we're to get our eyes off of all the distractions and the things that carry us away. Point our eyes and look once again. I love Psalm 121 is what they were singing about just now. I will look under the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from all of those around me. It doesn't come from all of the things that the world provides. How many of you know this election isn't going to be the answer to all the problems. It's a message that if every boy and girl, every man, every woman in this house would simply just respond to that verse, your character, your condition in life, your salvation experience, and your destiny forever would be transformed and changed. You say, if I, if I do what? If you look, look to God. Look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth, doesn't matter what culture you're in, what race you are, what part of the earth you're in, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter if you're in the central parts of Australia and you're aboriginal in your tribe, it doesn't matter if you're from the Indian Stone Age from South America, it doesn't matter if you're part of the Bushmen of Africa, it doesn't matter if you're a gangster on the streets of L.A., wherever you are, all the ends of the earth, look to me and be saved. What a message. Can I say it? Is it all right in 2016? There are no other roads to heaven. There is not another path or another God or another way. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. That don't sit very well with some folks. The world is asking us to be extremely tolerant to coexist. You serve your God, I'll serve my God. Let's all just get along. Let our gods get along. And whatever you do, keep your God quiet. Your God's not allowed to speak. Your God's not allowed to be God. He's just got to be your little crutch. It's because people are not serving a truth. When you serve a truth, your life is transformed and changed from the inside out. And you cannot help. The, the prophet said, it's like a fire that's shut up in my bones. I can't be quiet. I can't be silent. 
I've got to shout it from the rooftops. I've got to let it be known. There is one God. His name is Jehovah. When he wrote these words, it reminded me of going up on the top of Mount Carmel. And there you see Elijah standing there with all the prophets of Baal and all of them and hundreds of them as they're standing around dancing and cutting themselves, screaming out and chanting to Baal for him to send fire. And nothing took place and nothing happened. And Elijah stepped out, looked up and said, and you know what he did to the sacrifice? He poured water on it and he made it almost impossible. But he looked up to God and he said, Send your fire so that these people will know that you, Jehovah, are God. And God sent the fire. That moment was transforming for the people. That moment turned their lives upside down. They took one look at that fire. They took one look. And the Bible says they all fell prostrate on the floor on the ground, and there they stood, faces on the floor, and they were crying out. The Bible says they all said, Jehovah, Jehovah, you are God. I'm telling you, we're about due for an old-fashioned revival, one that says, Jehovah, Jireh, my provider, he is God. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is my Savior. It's time for a revival that gets us back to the truth that'll set us free. You shall know the Son not sun, young moon, not Krishna, not any of the hundreds of Hindu gods. You shall know the truth, the Son, the Son, Jesus Christ, and you shall be free. First John chapter 5 and verse 12, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. A lot of dead people walking around today. John 14 and 6, Jesus said it. You've heard me say it before. I'll repeat it until, I, until you put me in the grave. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man will come to the Father except through him, through me. He said that. That's his truth. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Can I just hear you say his name one good time? Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. That's the name that will set you free. That's the name that left the throne and the portals of glory and came down and lived a spotless life until he was raised up on a cross and there died for your sins and gave you the gift of eternal life. It doesn't come through many roads. It comes through Calvary's road. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. These are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing it's just the morning hour. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, he'll pour out his spirit. I feel like a drunk man right now. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit here this morning. Someone's going to get set free in this house today. I believe it. Amen. You've looked to everybody else. You've looked everywhere else. You've tried to find your answers and all of the care, support out there in the world. You've done your best to find the answers to your life. 
and you've come up short. I'm telling you, it's the same here today as it was for Charles Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie. It's Jesus. Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Jesus. Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. I look to Jesus and I'm saved. I looked to him many years ago. Many of you know exactly my testimony. You've heard it a lot. July 2nd, 1981, Hera Arena, Church of God camp meeting. There I sat up in the balcony, and there the God deal, dealt with me. The epiphany and the eureka of my life became real. Heaven came down in that arena, touched my soul, and I looked up and saw him. And he saved me. He saved me. I was never the same after that. I had many times and many revivals. I was one of those kids that got saved every revival. I, every, every preacher come through, I was like, this me. I'm terrible. I think terrible stuff. I took my sister's toy. I was that guy. I get saved at every revival. But that night, heaven met me. I looked up and I didn't see guilt and shame and I got to do right by mom and dad. I didn't see I was embarrassed and shamed and I was getting going to get punished. I looked up and I said, Jesus, Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. He died for me. In that moment, heaven touched my life. I took one look and I was saved. One look. That's all it takes is one look. In order for me to be called a millionaire, I need a million dollars. In order for me to be called a lawyer, I've got to pass the bar exam. To be a gardener, I better have a garden. To be a Christian, listen, you've got to have Christ. You must have Christ. It's simple. It's simple. Almost too simple. Because everybody thinks they got to do something. Got to pay something. I got to go through a ritual, a ceremony. Oh, I don't, oh go to that church stuff. Ah. No. Just look to Jesus. And everything else will follow after that. You'll, you'll want to pray. You'll want to read his word. You, you'll want to get up in the morning and take a look out at that beautiful canvas he created for you. You'll want to go to his house. You'll want to be here. Oh, I live for the days when there is such a reverence coming into his house again. I, I miss the days when, when people used to talk about how they would come in and, and people would kneel back at the back before they'd even step in into the sanctuary. And, and I've heard stories of, of people that, that wouldn't even come. I knew a lady, a minister lady. Her name was Sister Lou Witt. Some of you might know Lou. Lou, amen. <laughs> was you saying ooh or Lou? I don't know. Both. Sister Lou Witt was very close to my family. Her and my mother were very close. And as a matter of fact, because of her experience and influence in my mother's life, we all came back to church and got involved in church. She, God moved her right next door to my mom and dad when my mom was an 18-year-old backslider. And Sister Lou Witt lived 
right in front of my mother, just challenging her, and God used her to bring our whole family back in church. But I used to watch Sister Lou. She'd preach, and she'd, she'd get over here. She had such a reverence for this pulpit. She, this was the sacred desk. She felt like it was to be honored and revered, and she'd stand off to the left. And she had a beehive that was about that high, and she would preach, and she'd close her eyes, and she'd just touch the pulpit, and she'd preach from the side. And she'd do this, and she'd come over here, and she'd touch the pulpit, and she'd preach over on this side. I'd watch her as a little kid, and it, it blew my mind the way she was. She taught me how sacred it is. I don't take it lightly this morning, and we ought not to take it lightly when we come into God's house. I'm telling you, they, they get the song ready. They get the scripture ready. We ought to come in here ready, expecting that we're going to be in the house in the presence of God. And we ought to expect that there is something we owe him, and it's homage and reverence and fear and admonition. we got to know we are coming into his presence this morning. I long for the days that we once again cherish and treasure the presence of God, the power of God at work in His church. I long for the days that there's such a move of God, you can't minister because of the anointing of the Spirit of God that's moving across the audience. Lord knows, at early, early hour this morning, I was praying, God, move like a wind over this sanctuary and touch these folks, Lord. Minister to the needs of your people. Shake us. And get us back to the place where we'll look up into the heavens and say, He is God and there is no other. I know I'm a little loud this morning. I normally try to be real, just classy. and God wants you to. But I'm a little fired up this morning. I feel the presence of God. I feel like God is sending a message to his church and to this world. He's saying, stop looking everywhere else. You're looking for love in all the wrong places. You're looking for power to change your life in every wrong place. Quit looking to the preacher. Quit looking to the church. Quit looking to doctrines and people. Quit looking to the world. Quit looking to the politics and the government. Get your eyes back on the prize, Christ Jesus. That's where your salvation is. That's where your answers are. I was all worried. I, I was getting a little stressed out, and I was thinking, Jeremy, about all the, all the gods now and all the false religions now. I was thinking about all that out there, and I thought, boy, I miss the days. I miss the days, you know, back in the day when, I mean, I mentioned the Ingalls here, Charles and, and, and his wife, I forget her name, Carolyn. I miss the days of Little House on the Prairie and everybody, you know, praying at their food, over their food and, and John Boy and Mary Ellen on the Waltons, you know, all saying goodnight and say your prayers. And I missed it. I grew up, see, y'all don't know. I grew up in the days when, when America was truly a Christian country and, and we, everything was founded on Christian principles and your, your, your prime time television shows had prayer and had Bible written and had all kinds of things. I grew up that way. It's been like a little shock for me to come along now all these years later and, and now it's the, you can serve your God, I'll serve my God. You know, you be good and keep your God quiet, I'll keep mine quiet and we'll all just have a good time together as we coexist until we all come to the ends of whatever our religions take us. Nowadays, the national prayer breakfast is move over, more God's coming in. It's a different society. It's a different day. But you know what the Lord spoke to me? 
because I was kind of worried. I was praying about the country and praying about the election and I was praying about, you know, what in the world are we going to do? And there's so much tolerance for false religions and false gods and, and all kinds of things from all over the world. And I'm just like, what are we going to do? Lord, this is a terrible time. It's a perilous times. And you know what the Lord spoke to me? He said, it ain't nothing new. He said, it ain't nothing new. I don't think he used the word ain't. Uh, isn't anything new. He said, the world's in a state of confusion. The history repeats itself. We've gone down this same road before, the road of many gods. But you know, he brought, Lord started asking me questions. He said, where are the gods of Nineveh? He said, where is the first church of Baal in Middletown? I was like, nowhere. Where is the temple to Zeus and Diana and Poseidon, Perseus, where are all them gods, Greek gods, where, where's their houses of worship? They're digging them up, Lord. They're archaeological discoveries. They're, they're just nothing but excavations. I said, thought so. So I began to question in my spirit, and I began to think about all those gods. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, the gods of the present age will die the same death that those died. Because they're nothing. They're not real. And he said, their end will be the same. Broken down worship houses and temples. He said, but my house... He said, my house is walking around today. You'll see them out at the grocery store. You'll see my house is right here. He said, I have chosen to live among my people and in the hearts of my people. I live within them. And they are lights lit up all. Hold up. I am dead of a their lights lit up all over this world, and my house is shining bright from one end of the earth to the other. And when it's all said and done, the throne of Almighty God is still going to be standing when every other false religion and every other false god has gone by the wayside and been long forgotten when Buddha is no longer around and Krishna and Brahma and all these other gods and all of the false religions and all of the error that's out there, when all of that passes away and dies. Let me assure you something. The sky will roll back like a scroll and the throne of Almighty God will be revealed. And when he does, the angels of God will herald the coming of the, of the Son of God. And there he will pronounce to the whole world, Come up hither, my bride. Come to where I am. I am your Lord. And above me and in me there is no other. There is no other like Dagon. You remember Dagon in 1 Samuel? It says here, listen, it says, When they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of its hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. 
Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor any other who came into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod to this day. Forgotten. Gone. Dead to the world. Let me tell you something. In the end, we win. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever alive, forevermore, and he is going to absolutely stand in the last day. There is only one true God. So he sends a message to us. He says, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. No matter where you're at, all you ends of the earth, you're an end of the earth. Look to me and be saved. It's important that we look. Anybody can look. It's so simple. Anybody can look. We make it so hard for people to get saved. I tell you, we make it a whole lot harder than God does. I'm telling you, it's important that we understand and know something today. You don't have to go through all the rigor and more of, of going through any kind of schooling or training or confirmations. And, and we thank God for training and discipleship. And we're, and we're not putting those things down. But I'm telling you, in order to be saved, you simply need to see a risen Savior from the cross pronouncing to you life in His, in his care. When you and I understand that truth tonight, this morning, I'm telling you, we don't need. Education is not needed. A degree is not needed. You don't need to have any special political power or status. You don't have to have, you don't even have to have integrity. You don't have to be a good guy or girl. You can be a lousy, rotten, evil, wicked sinner. And if you will just look to Jesus, you can be saved. Are you telling me it's that simple? Are you telling me, preacher, it's that simple? I'm telling you all the hard work has been done. The wages of sin is death. But gift of law of God is eternal life. You have come into a gospel that will set you free with one look. Your children need saved this morning. They need to see Jesus. They need a fresh look at Calvary. They need a fresh look at him. You know where they're going to see him? in you you got to be reminded this morning your lost loved ones need to see jesus in you they need to don't need to see you griping and whining and complaining about the preacher and about the minister of music and the minister of this and the minister of that they don't need to see you talking about all the brothers and the sisters and mad as fire half the time they need to see jesus in your talk and in your love and in your face when they see him they can't resist him. He's irresistible. He's Jesus. It can't be that easy. Yes, it can. Sometimes we get like Naaman. You remember Naaman, the powerful master in the word. In 2 Kings, deal with Elijah in chapter, Elisha in chapter 5. He was this master over men, and he was paraded and had prestige and status. He was a big shot. But he also was a leper. He went, he heard about the prophet, and he went to Elisha's house. And he stood outside the house, and Elisha looked out the window and saw him. And he said, calling for Elisha. Tell him, I'm here. Name him. And Elisha looked at his servant and said, go see what he wants. Out comes the serpent, servant. She loved my drama. 
Naaman was mad. The servant went back in and said, he's got leper. He want, he leprosy. He wants to be healed. He said, tell him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Tell him to go wash. He went back out there. Elisha says, go to the Jordan River and wash yourself. Dip yourself down seven times. He was furious. He was mad as fire. He said, no way. Surely he will come out and with some dramatic gesture call upon his God. Surely he will come out and do some kind of hand waving over me. Surely he will come out and instantly, does he know who I am? And he said, that's what he said. So he left in a rage, left mad, wasn't about to do that. He said, there are other cleaner rivers and I'm not going to the Jordan. And his servant looked at him and said, if he told you to do a hard thing, would you have done that? Yeah. Then why don't you just do the simple thing? What's it going to hurt? He went to the river. Got down in the water. Nothing. Went down another five times. Nothing. On the seventh time, he went down. He came up. And his skin was like a baby's. Healed by the power of God. It may sound simple. It may sound too simple. It may sound like it doesn't fit in your logic and in your world. It may not be so easily understood by you. Listen to me. Look unto Jesus and be saved. Look unto Jesus and be saved. Read a most beautiful story about Charles Spurgeon. How when he got saved, he was trying to get to his church and the snow was so bad that he couldn't get there. And so he happened up on a little tiny, little old-fashioned Methodist church. He walked in and sat down on the back pew. And the, the preacher wasn't even there because of the snow. So one of the laymen got up and, and read this scripture I'm reading to you right now. When he read that scripture, he said, Look unto me and be saved, all ye ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. And the, uh, the, lay, the layman didn't know how to preach. He said, I'm not a preacher, so I'll just read that again. Look to me and be saved. He said, look to him and be saved. All you ends of the earth. I assume that means all of us. For he's God and there is no other. Okay, let, let's read that again and we'll be dismissed in prayer. He said all he did was just quote that scripture over and over again. And Charles Spurgeon said he sat there and it pierced his heart. Pierced him and he was broken and he said, that's what I needed. He's God. He's God. He's God. And there is no other. There is no other. There is no other answer. There is no other remedy for my sin and for my life, for the misery in me. There's no other answer for me. He's God. And there is no other. And Charles Spurgeon accepted Jesus Christ in his life that night. Became one of the greatest preachers of the gospel and writers in the whole Christendom. He is been touched by that simple little truth. Look to me and be saved. And I want to remind you when you want to make it too hard. I want to remind you, church, Christian, when you're making it way too hard. Look to heaven. Look to the hills from which comes your help. Look there and beyond the clouds and beyond the circumstances of your life is a God who is a God of healing and deliverance and providence. <laughs> Just one look. You say, what are you talking about just one look? How do, how do we look at God? Just acknowledge. Just take a look at what he did for you. See him on that cross. 
See him risen from the dead. See him as a savior sitting at the right hand of the Father. See him bidding an invitation for you to come. See him for who he is. Just one look. It'll change everything. I'm not telling you to join the church. I'm not telling you to join our denomination. I'm not telling you to give blood. I'm not telling you to pay your tithe. I'm not telling you to do any of those things. I'm telling you this morning, see Jesus. See him. Look full on his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his mercy and grace. See Jesus. You know, there's power in one look. And I'm getting ready to close, if you'd help me. There's power in one look. You remember Adam and Eve. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave your husband with her, and he ate. She saw, she took one look. She was deceived, immediately was deceived and fell. Fallen man, as Adam looks at her and he falls. One look, looks at his wife, she took it, looks at the tree, looks at the fruit, and he falls. One look. Remember Lot's wife? Genesis 19 and 26, but his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. God had warned them in verse 17. He said, get your family, get out of this evil city, get away from it. I'm going to destroy it and don't look back. Boy, we need that this morning, don't we? We need, we need a fresh revelation, Marty of God looking at us and saying, get away from the world. Get away from playing all these games. You're playing church. You're playing religion. You're playing with faith. You're calling everything God. God says you're playing games. And the game playing's got to stop. He said, pack your bags and get out. Get away from the evil and the wickedness of your past. What are you doing playing with your past? Why are all those numbers still in your phone? Why are you still going to the same places you used to? God says, pack your bags and get out of town. And whatever you do, don't look back. The family did all that, but Lot's wife took a look. Took a look. One look. Just one look. Achan, the battle of Joshua, Jericho. He says, Joshua 7 and 21 when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels I coveted them and I took them and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it one look one look and God's people and their armies were destroyed one look. Do I even need to talk about a rooftop? David with Bathsheba? Interesting that her name was Bathsheba. One look. He glances from one rooftop to the other. 
modified. One look. One look and a man was killed and a child died. David was found in sackcloth and ashes in the house of the Lord, called to be king, anointed to be king. And there he sat in the ashes. One look. Hear me this morning. Stand with me if you would. One look. One look can bring condemnation. One look can bring judgment. One look can bring trouble. But one look can also bring salvation. One look, one look can bring freedom and liberty. One look. You remember when Peter was in the boat, he was rocking and the storm was raging? Jesus came walking out in the middle of that storm. Peter looked and he saw it was either a ghost or it was Jesus. He said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come out to where you are on the water. Jesus smiled, shook his head, I'm sure. He said, come. Peter's like, it's Jesus. He just told me to come, to step out of the boat. Steps out. Jesus, it's you. Look at me, guys. Hey, look. Whoa, whoa. Look at the wind and the waves and the storm. The Bible says, when he saw, when he looked and saw the winds and the waves, he began to sink. He was walking on water for a minute there. He's walking on water there for a minute. He was doing the impossible for a moment. The miracle was taking place. The miracle that everybody says is dead. Can't happen. All this church business. What are you talking about? Man, you faith people, you church people, you Christian people, drive me crazy. You and your little crutch, you and your little problem with having to always be in church, have to read the Bible. I can't read the Bible. It's the King James Version. I can't understand all that stuff. Why does my family do this? Why do I have to go to church? Because you're seeing everything else except the miracle. Sometimes you even see good, well-meaning people. They get their eyes off of Jesus, and they sink, and you look and say, the world looks at us sometimes and they say, I don't want what you got. Why do I want what you got? You got as many problems as I got. You even got more. Ain't nothing helping you. There ain't nothing fixing your life. Psh, forget church. Because so many Christians have gotten so distracted by one look. One look gotten so distracted, we've gotten off track, so that people looking at us now, trying to see Jesus, see you sinking. But I want you to remember something. It was that look 
when Jesus said come Peter kept his eyes on Christ he stepped out of the boat coming to you Jesus as long as his eyes were on Christ he was walking on water he was doing the impossible he was seeing miracles. He was seeing things take place. He was seeing faith come alive. Let me tell you, I've walked on water a few times. I've seen some stuff. I couldn't try. I couldn't even try to walk away now. There ain't no way. I've seen things. Oh, I, I, I had a, a friend in my, when I was at Lee College named Robert. And Robert was, was a good guy. He was an atheist. We worked together for two and a half years on the dock of of a warehouse where I worked when I was going to college. He had apparently been in church and grew up in church and he had turned on it because he'd seen too many people sinking. He'd seen too much. He knew more scripture than most of you. He'd quote it left and right. Me and him would go back and forth. We'd debate and we'd talk. We'd go back and forth, back and forth. Had, had a good time, never argued. He actually was a great guy. We were good friends. Worked with him for two and a half years. I remember one night in the back of the, the, the truck, we were loading all the boxes, and I looked at him. We were talking about faith and talking about church, and, and I looked at him, and I said, all I got to say, Robert, is I just wish. I said, you know, I, I said, you're such a cool guy. You're, you're my friend, man. I said, I wish that you knew Jesus, that you'd met him like I did. I said, I'm sorry for what happened with you. I said, I don't know what happened. I don't know who failed in your life. I, I don't know what took place. I said, but all I can assume is that, that you had a bad experience. I said, I wish you'd met him like I did because I love him. I said, I met him. He has changed my life, and I'm happy. I don't regret one day. It's not a burden to me. It's not a duty to me. It's not an obligation to me. I love Jen. Get in the presence of God. I do it all by myself. There ain't nobody there to see how spiritual I am. I do it when I'm all locked up, all by myself. I get in the presence of God, and I love it. I love it when I was reading the scripture the other morning, and I was listening to some music and reading that scripture out loud and felt the presence of God. I started bawling right there in my house. I love being in the presence of God. I said, I wish you'd met him, that you knew him like I know him. And he, knew, he didn't say anything. That night he was silent. We worked in probably another few months. And on the last night, I remember I walked in. I said, well, Robert, I said, I got the job at the school. I'm going to be a, working in the, the dorms next year, so I, I'm not going to need this. They're going to help on my housing and my food. It's going to be awesome. I, I'm not going to be here. So tonight's my last night, brother. Oh, man, I hate that. You're cool. It's not been great working with you. And I was like, yeah, yeah. We were getting ready to walk out. He looked at me and he said, I want to tell you something. I said, yeah. He said, now don't get crazy on me. He said, I'm not a Christian. I said, okay, I know. He said, but if I was going to be one, I said, I'd want to be one like you. You know, I didn't say that to lift Ray Phillips up. I said that to say this, people are looking for Jesus. They're looking for Jesus. They'll know that the tomb is empty. What's that old song say? They'll know the tomb is empty when they see that your hearts, our hearts are full. 
When they look into your face and see the mercy and the grace and the love of Jesus, they'll know they are loved. When they look and they see the kindness and the goodness of Christ in you, they'll know that he's kind and he's good. When they see the power of love and of Christ working in and through you, they will believe that he's real. They will know that he's real when you know that he's real. Come on, somebody. They'll know that he's real when they know that you know it. They'll see it. They'll feel it. It'll be real. We need more people that can affect an atheist's heart. Because what they see in you, they want to trust. They want to believe in. We can't claim. We can't claim any credit. We can't be good enough. You can't buy it. You can't work hard enough for it. You can't be a member of whatever. None of that matters. We cannot save ourselves. So whatever he saw in me, it didn't do anything. He must have seen something else. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Look to me and be saved. Jesus, in every heart, in every life, that's our challenge. That's our principle this morning. You've been struggling. You've been looking in every other place for it. I'm telling you the answers to your life, whether you've never been saved or if you've been saved and in the way 50 years. It's time for us to get undistracted, to stop allowing the amusements of this world to take our affections. Some of us got Jesus on a shelf in our lives. He takes up just a part. The world and all of its amusements has tracted us, deceived us, has caused us to sink. When the storms come and the winds rage, with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, Christians in this house, please pray with me. Perhaps you are in this place and in this spot in your life where you need Christ. You need to believe. You need to believe. You've looked at the church. You've looked at Christians. You've looked at people. You've looked at family. You've looked at the world and it's all of its philosophies. You've looked at all the other gods and all the false religions. But you're here this morning Interesting that you're here this morning, however you got here. There's an invitation coming to your heart. Jesus says, I know people have failed you. I know you can't count on any one of them. I know that. Look to me. Mama has failed you. Daddy has failed you. The church has failed you. Preachers have failed you. God says, look to me. There is no other. If you're here today, you want deliverance. You want victory. You want liberty. You want to change life. You, I got to show you Jesus. I want to show you the answer for your life. I can't fix it. You becoming a member here won't fix it. But if you will look to Jesus this morning, you will be set free and delivered from every ailment of this world. Every confusion. 
You'll have the answers you need for your life. You're running like a scared child, I'm telling you. You're trying to find fulfillment in all the wrong things, and you know it. God wants to save you this morning. If you're here, and you need to respond to him, not me, to him, shoot your hand up and right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you, sir. People's hands are going up all over the... Oh, he's here doing this. He's making invitation. This is you responding to Christ. He knows where you are. He's knocked on your heart's door. That that you feel, that that's drawing you this morning, it's from him. His Holy Spirit is working in you. Is there anyone else? Just a few seconds more. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Wow. So many hands I've lost count. Thank God. How many of you know he doesn't lose count? He writes every name, every name in the Lamb's Book of Life. As you respond to him this morning, I'd like to ask anybody and everybody who will, we got time this morning. Would you step out very quickly? We'll only take a few moments, but step out and meet me in this altar. If you raised your hand, won't you come with everyone? We want you to come to the altar this morning. Our pastors are here. If you would like special prayer, we want you to come find one of them. They're here with oil to pray a prayer, as we find in James chapter 5, to believe with you for healing or for deliverance or for prayer. Come, and they'll, be, they'll minister to you. But everyone else, if you would, anyone else that will, just come. And help us today. We're going to bring these folks to Christ. I lifted my hand, Pastor. I'm coming. I'm coming. Pastor, I didn't lift my hand. Don't think I'm, I'm not a Christian. I love Jesus, but I'm coming to pray with these other folks. Lord, I'm coming. Would you come? Make it easy for these folks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. They're coming. Cover me, Lord. Cover me. All right, we're going to pray a prayer here. Would you help me, audience? I want the whole church, if you will, to help us. This is a prayer we're going to pray. This prayer is not a magic formula. It's not something that, that, that the words itself are some kind of trickery. If it comes from your heart, then heaven and you have a day you'll never forget. Right here. Jesus, you believe he's the son of God. You believe he died on the cross for you. You believe that he rose from the dead and that he purchased your salvation. You believe the gospel is for you and the invitations come into your heart and you are responding to him. That's what this prayer is going to be about. And if you believe that, then the blood that Jesus spilled at Calvary is the price paid for your sin. And you're going to leave a changed person this morning. Are we ready? Let's pray together. Help me, church. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. You are God, and there is no other. Forgive me. You came to the earth. You died on the cross. You rose again. You bought my salvation. So be the Lord of my life. Strengthen me. Help me. Live for you every day. As I come to you now, I believe it in my heart. 
I confess it with my mouth. So I'm saved. I'm as good as anybody else. I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. So go in that power. Go in that, that prayer this morning. I want us to, to be dismissed. You got an announcement you need to make? Thank you very much. I'll do that because we're going to pray a prayer. Thank you, Richard. Melissa Grawl right here, discipleship pastor. She has a booth out in the lobby. If you accepted Christ this morning, please go by. Look for that booth. They're going to give you some free information, help you get started in your walk with Christ. Not going to take anything from you. They're going to give to you. They just want to have a little bit of fellowship with you and give you some information. Please go by there. And also, please go by our visitor center. If you're visiting with us today, please grab some information. We want to know who you are and give you some info about our church. I want you to reach over and take someone by the hand now as we're dismissed today. You see, we, we believe. We're not just part of the Stratford Heights Country Club. We're not just part of some organization that we sit on a cute little shelf in our lives. We believe. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe that He is our Savior and our Lord and our God. We believe that we owe the heartbeat and the breath that we breathe. We owe all of that to Him. Amen. So we're consecrate and commit ourselves afresh and brand new today to the belief of our faith in him amen let's pray father we come to you i pray a prayer lord of consecration over our congregation i pray that you will minister and touch every family every heart every man woman boy and girl that they will develop an intimacy with you that god far exceeds duty and obligation one that god is not just based on religion God, one that is based on relationship. Touch them this morning by your Holy Spirit. Touch our church. Challenge us into the deep places with you. God, may our eyes be so in love, lost in love with you, that we cannot no longer evaluate and look at the faults and the problems in the lives of others. Help us to be so lost in love with you that all we can see is healing and deliverance the beauty of your holiness help us to be lost in love this morning touch your people refresh us in your holy spirit touch us as a congregation as a church move us forward into servanthood move us forward into the passion and the commitment to winning the lost and touch us and lord we thank you we thank you this morning that we lost count of the sheep that have now entered into the safety of your rest and eternity with you. Thank you for those that have accepted you today. We honor your name and we bless you. And Lord, the church is not dismissed. The church is just leaving the building. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.
You've been watching the worship service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com. If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible from people just like you who come together to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in the southwestern Ohio area, we would love to have you join us for service. Our Sunday service schedule is at 8.30 and 10.40 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Sunday evenings. On Monday, it's Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday, the Oasis Youth Group. Wednesday night, it's the Family Life Night. And Thursday, the Esperanza Hispanic Worship Service. Please join us at the Stratford Heights Church of God in Middletown, Ohio.